on pod my name is peyton and joining me as always on this day after christmas is my brother parker how are you doing today man merry christmas yeah man merry christmas uh, i'm doing well christmas one of the best days of the year so today you know tough to compare to yesterday but having a good day did anything special happen this christmas or was it pretty much uh i don't know running with the mill you know it, it was a it was a decent christmas and i you know Watch the kids open presents. You know, we're getting to that age now where Christmas is like, all right, we're adults and it's all about the kids. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, great Christmas, got to spend it with family, had some good food. Can't knock it, man. Christmas is always good. Yeah, true. And I I guess we can start the show with a small debate uh, relating to Christmas. What what do you think is the one Christmas movie that you make sure to watch on Christmas? Well, the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, I watched Home Alone 1. I watched Home Alone 2. I didn't mean to, but, like, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and Elf was on. So (laughs) I watched, like, five minutes of that. Apparently, you have a thing or we have a thing for waking up super early on Christmas morning and just watching movies. Yeah, Uh, I told that story. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a story of me and Parker that on Christmas Day, uh, we were... Uh, past the point of like being kids still we were I think Parker was in middle school I think I may have been like a freshman in high school or something like that and on Christmas day one year um, our younger siblings were still asleep and we woke up and we're just like man I can't go to sleep and we're like all right well do you want to go to the living room and watch like we just went in the living room turned on the tv and it was Monty Python. Well, yeah, Monty Python Search for the Holy Grail was on, which is weird because you would think it'd be Christmas movies. <laughs> but we turned it on and we are on the couch and my dad wakes up and he comes down to the living room. He's Underwear like, only. What are y'all doing? Yeah, what are y'all doing? And we're like, we're just chilling. He's like, go back to sleep. <laughs> go, go, go to bed. What are y'all doing? Turn it off. It's like, so, what? <laughs> anyways, uh, but I, I guess I would answer it as, I, I mean, I'm a pretty big Home Alone fan, too. So I think that that, I mean, that probably has to do with us being in the same household. Um, I mean, I, li- I like Home Alone. Home Alone's a classic. There's also a couple others. Um, there's a new one on my list I watch every year, and uh, it's an adult uh, movie, and it's called The Night Before. It's got Seth Rogen. And oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, and that's like kind of like Christmas, you know, it's a Christmas movie. So I, I watched that this year again. I've watched it probably every year, last few years. Well, cool. And like, I guess tradition wise, are there any other things aside from like the movies that you make sure to do every Christmas or even that maybe Kinsey did this Christmas that you maybe were introduced to for the first time? Uh, No, man. I mean, I, I did the the classic, you know, American household you know, put up some lights, uh, right. put up a Christmas tree. I got a couple blow ups sitting on my balcony, looking yeah. over my balcony. So, um, but other than that, man, no, very, very normal. Nice. As far as uh, myself, I, it, it, there was almost a catastrophe on Christmas Eve. So uh, in Aaron's household growing up, their, their movie that they watch is uh, a Christmas or the Christmas story, uh, which, you know, like shoot your eye out kid, all that jazz. You know, mom um, has never seen that movie. Well, that's funny because on the opposite side, Aaron's family watches the marathon that's on for 24 hours and they keep it on the TV. 
So it's just funny, the juxtaposition of the two. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, but the, 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 I bring that up because uh, in the movie, they eat Chinese food on Christmas because they burn the turkey and, or not burn the turkey, but the dogs eat the turkey and then uh, they don't have any food. So they go to the Chinese restaurant. So as a byproduct of that, her parents and her order Chinese food on Christmas Eve. And the Chinese restaurant that's here was closed just on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so they were like, what do we do? <laughs> and like, so we're, we're on our phones and they like, they were even going to go to just like Panda Express, which is like not the same at all as far <laughs> as Chinese takeout goes. So and luckily we found it. We did find a uh, replacement, but it was just funny that in the, I don't know, 26 ish years that they've been doing this with Aaron, they've never run into the problem where the Chinese restaurant they go to is closed. So, isn't it funny how everyone has their one local Chinese restaurant that they go to? Because there's like 30, like, yeah. you know what I mean? There's a bunch of them, and you're like, nope, this is the one I like. This is, and they're right. They're, and what's funny is at the end of the day, they're all like the exact same. Yeah. The one that we, <laughs> the one that we ended up going to instead was actually pretty good. I was, I, I wasn't sure just because. I've had the first one and it's, it's one of those things like where it's almost like when you try and find somebody new to cut your hair and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I trust it. Uh, right. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure about this place uh, because it, you just get so used to how your order tastes whenever you go to your regular Chinese restaurant. Anyways, uh, welcome to the pod. We're going to go ahead and get into some football talk about this past week and we're going to go ahead and start on going back to Thursday night, we'll, we'll be pretty quick with a lot of these. Cause some of these, um, I just being honest with ourselves, it's the holidays. We, we spent a lot of time doing things as opposed to just sitting on our butts in front of the TV, being glued to every single game. Uh, I mean, you have parties, you got to go to, you got presents, you got to wrap, you got it, it, a lot of other responsibilities around this time of year, but I think it's important to talk about the results still. And uh, this first result is really important as far as the NFC wildcard race uh, goes. The Los Angeles Rams, once again, just keep rolling 30 to 22 against the New Orleans Saints. They improved to eight and seven now. And I, I mean, I, they have been on what? I, I believe it's a four game win streak. So uh, going from three and seven to eight and seven to all of a sudden they are locked into one of the wildcard uh, spots right now. It's pretty impressive. Um, in this game, I mean, uh, a lot more points than people probably expected. It was pretty close the entire time. And surprisingly, Derek Carr actually didn't play terrible. One of his better games is a New Orleans Saint. And I guess, are there any other takeaways that you had outside of that? Man, this Rams team is turning it on. I mean, they, they look like they can run with just about anybody. I mean, I know this game was within eight points, but uh, this game wasn't really close. I mean, I, I feel like the Rams were playing better football the whole game. Um and they just I feel like they have I th I feel like they have a spark with this Puka Nakua Kyron Williams action going on. They get to they get to I mean we'll talk about it in a minute, but they get to play New York next week. And you yeah. know what side I'm probably taking in that matchup. And they end with San Fran. And if San Fran can win next week, they might and they might lock up the one seed in the NFC and not even play week seventeen. So the Rams might walk into another win there. Depending on the other results, yeah. Or week, for sure. week 18, right. So, like, if the Niners, I know they lost last night, which we'll talk about as well. But this Rams team, I, I think they have a pretty decent chance of having two wins these next couple of weeks. 
Yeah. And I, I'm one thing that I do want to point out, going back to the Nakua Kyron situation, is that, and I know that we've talked about, oh, it's crazy how they have two young, like another young uh, pairing. Because a while back, whenever it was Goff and Gurley and Cooper Cup in oh. the beginning, it, yep. that was seen as like the young trio. And then obviously you had Robert Woods as well. But now it, it's it's almost funny how this similar success in the draft has led to them having another young duo at both those positions in Kyron and Puka. And it just makes me think that they did it in a different way this time because, well, I mean, Cup was a not late pick, but he wasn't a first rounder. Um, but Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua were both day three guys. So the thing is, I, I can't think of the last time where a team has found not only a starting three down running back, but a certified if you needed him to be number one wide receiver option, uh, also in I see him almost later than like, the fourth round. He does well, like he kind of does what CD Lamb does. Like he plays really well in the slot. He plays really. Yeah. He's like you know he's like that questionable wide receiver one, but then like kind of proves yeah. that he can do it. You know. Yeah. But moving oh, yeah. on, uh, we had a AFC North battle between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Probably one of the more surprising results, given that the Steelers put a whipping on the Bengals, thirty-four to eleven. Uh, especially considering Mason Rudolph was starting. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not catch much of this game just because of circumstances, but I remember keeping up with it on my phone because uh, I was playing against George Pickens this week in one of my leagues. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this game, I mean, this is this is classic AFC North. You know, Jake Browning, he's done really well as a backup so far. You know, you look at his overall performance. He's last what he's played four weeks now or five weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, he's he's done well. He's kept the Bengals in contention. There, I mean, they're both eight and seven teams now. And you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough it's a tough win when you go to Pittsburgh, division rival. You don't have your quarterback. Steelers still have good defense. I mean, their offense has been a little shaky this year. And then yeah, like you said, man, George Pickens comes out of nowhere, 195 yards, two touchdowns. The first one. Was a was a really long touchdown. I, I didn't see the second touchdown though. Yeah, and I, going back to Jake Browning, I kind of thought this game would come sooner, where he made a couple of questionable throws and it led to some turnovers. But it hadn't happened up to this point. Uh, it, I think that was bound to happen. He was a he's a backup quarterback. It's very rare that backup quarterbacks come in and have a clean resume uh, the rest of the regular season. You're probably going to have a few blemishes at the very least. So this is just one of those. Uh, moving on to the Bills-Chargers game, another game where I didn't watch the whole thing, but, I mean, the Bills were up in this game, and all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, the Chargers made it close and actually took the lead. 22-24 uh, to 24 was the final score. The Bills kicked a field goal to win this one, but I, I know that we are finally in on this Bills team after the Cowboys game. And, but then they go and play the Chargers close in this game. I mean, does that worry you, or do you think that it's just one of those things where sometimes in the NFL you get these ugly wins to strengthen your record? I mean, dude, the NFL is real, man. The NFL is – this is why it's so great. I mean, okay, the Bills go and beat the Cowboys last week. And that's kind of what happens a lot of time in the NFL. You get a really good win. They got it at home. Then they have to travel all the way to LA and play a, a Chargers team that they're probably, you know, a little mentally unprepared for because of they're coming off that big win. So, I mean, Bills get the job done, but I didn't like how they did it. And what I hate the most is 
the guy that's at the bottom of the stat sheet right there, uh, Gabe Davis this week, right, has 130 <laughs> yards and a touchdown, throws up like 20 something fantasy points on everybody's bench, and probably kept you out of the playoffs. Yeah, more and than same likely. same with George Pickens. George Pickens is probably on a lot of benches, right? Except for the one league where yeah, I played him. So, uh, yeah. moving on, we have a couple of results. I, I do kind of want to roll through these next, really these next four pretty quickly. Actually, I'll say five. Uh, considering that they they were notable, uh, but I don't think that they were as noteworthy as some of the other games that we're going to talk about after the fact. So we have the Indianapolis Colts uh, losing to the Atlanta Falcons 29-10. to We have the Seattle Seahawks winning against the Tennessee Titans 20-17 to in a close one. And then we have the Detroit Lions coming away with a win against the Vikings in Minnesota 30-24. to And then we have the Jets getting a win in a weird, weird game uh, against the Washington Commanders, uh, 30 to 28, winning that on a game-winning field goal. And then we have the Packers beating the Panthers, 33 to 30, in a game that had such a strange ending. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to start from the top or just go through any of those games that you wanted to touch on. I'll give a couple quick takes about uh, about a few of these teams that matter. Number one, uh, what a comeback by the Jets, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, not by the commanders. No, I mean by the by the commanders. I'm so sorry. What a comeback by the commanders! Make this a competitive game because the Jets had to kick like a what's it say a 54 yard field goal to win. Yeah, yeah. So they, I'm pretty sure they had they did they have the commanders shut out at one point. It was like 20 to zero at one point in the game. Yeah, yeah. It was 17 nothing. Then it went 20 nothing. Then it went 20 to seven. Then it was 27 to seven at halftime. Yeah, and then 27 14. And then I think they scored their three right after that. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was 27-14, and then Washington scored again, and then Washington scored again, and that put them up 28-27. Yeah. And I don't know, just good comeback by Washington to make this a close game, but this game didn't really matter. It was just a fun one to watch. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch the Packers-Panthers game, so I don't you really know, have much the, on that. The Packers-Panthers, I'll just touch on it real quick. Holy cow, what a weird way to end this game. The, the pa- Panthers actually had a chance to tie this game, and they – had a pass to Adam Thielen that he caught, and it was definitely in field goal range, without a doubt. And they had not a ton of time left. I think there might have been seven seconds left by the time Adam Thielen got up to give the ball to the ref. And they get lined up to spike the ball. And, I mean, it is one of the closest calls I've seen. And they ended up saying that the clock expired by the time that he spiked it. But it they, they were a millisecond off from getting that spike off and possibly kicking a field goal to send it overtime. So, but I mean, Packers really needed this one. I think that if they lose this game, they're probably out of the wild card race. Um, I, I know that people are probably going to, you know, not sit necessarily want to hear about the Vikings game, but uh, Nick Mullins, you know, he, uh, <laughs> he had himself a weird day, man, 411 yards, two touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, I mean, <laughs> especially the last throw he had, I, I believe it was Brandon Powell. I could be wrong, but he had him open in the end zone on the last drive with, I believe it was 20 ish seconds left. And he, Nick Mullins has a cannon. Like whenever he throws the ball, it has some zip coming off it, but this one, it had some zip starting off and then it just died out halfway through the air. And it just fell directly in front of the DB covering the wide receiver. And it was just short and he picked it off and the game was over. So uh, not not a great look for us. And then, I mean, the Seahawks get a weird Seahawks, win. I saw the last play. The Was it? Yeah, there was like one last play for the Seahawks to win the game, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was uh, Colby Parkinson catching that touchdown near the end. Yeah, yeah. And then outside of that, um, yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts. I mean, I I guess Falcons, huge bounce back week for them in a week where I think everybody was on the Colts in this game. And I think they just, (laughs) not saying it this way, but I, you know, last week I was like, I'm done with the Falcons. And not that I'm all the way back in, but it's like, and they play a game like this, and I just I, I can't help myself. <laughs> and the Colts, the Colts have been pretty good this year. They've been slept on. Right. Uh, moving on to the next set of games. These ones are going to be a little bit more important. These next two, we had the Cleveland Browns defeating the Houston Texans thirty-six to twenty-two. Uh, the Browns moved to ten and five, which incredible story going on with the Joe Flacco uh, resurgence all of a sudden now. Um, the Texans, they had Case Keenum starting at quarterback. I'm not surprised that they lost this game by any means, uh, but uh, this is not a great game for them considering that they are one of those bubble wildcard teams, whereas the Browns seem to have pretty much locked up a wildcard spot barring some kind of disaster situation for them. Yeah, I mean, and the Browns yesterday before this Ravens game, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, they have a shot at being the one seed. The Ravens, you know, if the Ravens, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ravens take a loss last night. They have a shot at winning the division, but they also have a shot at the one seed. So, I mean, the Browns, Browns look good, man. The, the Joe Flacco is 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 backo. Joe Flacco is backo. <laughs> okay. Love and then it. the ne- the next game I, I do want to know is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting a huge win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, both teams end up at eight and seven after this game. The Buccaneers defeated them thirty to twelve. And I, funny enough, this is probably one of the games I watched the most of. I don't want to say the most of, but we pretty much watched the entire first half because uh, where I'm at, we are in the Jacksonville area, and the Jags are always on TV. And I mean, Trevor Lawrence was not having a great time in this. The game. offensive line was abysmal for yeah. the uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, it J- Trevor Trevor had no time. And anything that could go wrong was just going wrong. Yeah. This game, I, I know that the box score says 30 to 12, but there was a point in time where the game was 30 to zero. It was just an absolute butt kicking by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. I mean, there was nothing that, could, I mean, even Travis Etienne couldn't go get going. I mean, he had a very minimal impact on this game. Um, I'm not saying that it was all Trevor, but I mean, Trevor had some very questionable throws in this game where he, it's, he was throwing them into tight windows, throwing them into, you know, multiple sets of coverage. And I mean, overthrowing guys, one of the overthrows led to an interception by the safety. Uh, I mean, there was just a lot of questionable decisions by him and it's starting to, you know, there's, there's this stat accumulating with him that he has, I, I don't know if it's the most, but he's one of the, in the last, since he's coming to the league in 2020, no, since he's coming to the league in 2021, he, I believe, is near the top of the list or is at the top of the list for the most turnovers by a quarterback, by a starting quarterback in the NFL. So it's not saying that you can't win that way because there are some quarterbacks who were able to turn the ball over in their young careers and be able to obviously improve. I mean, he's still so young, but it is something to keep an eye on because if it becomes an issue continuously and he's putting his team in positions where they are not able to climb back in and actually win games because he's turning the ball over that, that could be something that affects whether or not he not saying he won't be the Jacks quarterback, but whether he can be taken as one of the eight to 10 
franchise building block quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. We, we I mean, might need to adjust our expectations of him and where he lies in the hierarchy of the league if he continues to do this. Man, I, I don't I, I think Trevor's a talent, man. I, I actually don't hate Trevor um at all. I think some of the mistakes that happened yesterday, like the sack fumble, and yeah, he threw a couple picks, but I mean this Bucks team isn't I mean, they're kind of turning it on at the right time. Absolutely. And I kind of do want to talk about the other side of the ball too, real quick. I mean, Mike Evans, two touchdowns, Baker Mayfield playing well, Rashad White touching the ball 20 times. I mean, they, they had the ball a lot this game. Their defense played lights out. I, I think it's more of a good job Bucks than it is a what's Trevor doing wrong. Right. I, I think that, you know, especially the game being 30 to zero in the first half or start early in the second half, something like that can really take the game out of not contention because we've seen the Jags come back like we did last year in the playoffs, but in a regular season game like this and an away game, nonetheless, I think it kind of just takes the wins out of the sails and makes any possibility of coming back in a type of game like this. It just puts it out of question. And I mean, they even, I believe Trevor Lawrence tweaked his shoulder. I believe it was, and even CJ Bathard came in for the fourth quarter. So it, this game was, definitely over by the end of the third. So, um, but yeah. yeah, on the Bucks side, good win by them. I mean, they're, they're seemingly the favorites to win the NFC South at this point. Uh, but we will keep an eye on that race with the last two weeks and moving on uh, a couple other games that um, I, I'm going to skip one of the games. Cause I think it's uh, along with the other game, we're going to talk about the second most important game from this past week. But uh, first off, we had the Cardinals losing to the Bears at Soldier Field, 27 to 16. Then we had the Patriots beating the Broncos, 26 to 23. A bit of an upset in that last one. But do either of those games have any major takeaways for you? No, I mean Justin Fields yet again doing what he needs to do to get Bears wins, kind of making a case for himself whether he goes to another team or stays in Chicago. And then um, Broncos, what are you doing? You're literally fumbling the bag, back to back losses and back to back weeks and. A- a really bad time of the year. Right. Do. Right. So um, at seven at seven and eight. I mean, they, they're going to need many, a lot eight, of help to get in. There's too many eight and seven teams in the yes, AFC. Exactly. In my opinion. Now let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this other game. Let's just get it over. Yeah. With, I have um, a couple of things I want to say about it. Yeah. And I'll, I'm more than happy to let you fire off any takes you have about uh, the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, final score is 22 to 20. Uh, I mean, go ahead. I'll let you fire off. Man, where do I start? Some coaches have it. You know, your Mike McDaniels, your Kyle Shanahan's, even your Sean McVay's. When I say they have it, they, Andy Reid, they can be creative and be successful being creative. If you're, if you are Mike McCarthy and you have a decent sized quarterback and you're on the one yard line and it is first and goal. Why are you not QB sneaking the ball four times like your division rival does every time they get there? Because it works every time for Philadelphia. Every time. And I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to get it on the first try, but they'll get it one out of every four tries. And then we hand the ball to our fullback. We fumble. Okay, get it. Our defense played well. We held them to 15 points worth of field goals. I mean, Jason Sanders had a day. (laughs) Right. I mean, we, I mean, and and that says a lot about your defense. If if they're keeping them out of the end zone, they're, they're doing their job, you know? And we're playing this Dolphins team without a really healthy Tyreek Hill. You know, every time he caught the ball, he'd like, he didn't want to get tackled. He was just kind of like, all right, I'll go down myself. Like he wasn't trying to make those speed plays where he breaks off for 65 yards. So yeah. we, we played the Waddle was hurt 
mid-game too, so he was a non-factor the majority of the game. Right. I, I just I just can't stand that. You know, our our red zone the red zone is just like we they try to get too cute and it just ends up in turnovers or defensive stops or loss of yards. Like I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people on social media, especially once the game was over, was saying that you know the Tony Pollard touchdown that he did not, or I shouldn't say touchdown, non-touchdown that he barely missed out on getting in on uh, was the difference in the game, and it it is. But I I I'm not a fan of the oh that one play is the reason why we didn't win. I'm, I think you and me are kind of simpatico on that, right? No, it takes a lot to lose a football game. Now, there are scenarios where it's like, oh, there's, there is one play, you know, but those moments you see, I mean, the Alabama-Auburn kick kickback return back, you know, like that's one play. You lose off one play. Yeah. Yeah. That th- that happens. But, no, that this wasn't a one-play thing. Penalties in Dallas have been killing us all year. Um, and we just got to find a way to beat, beat a good team like this away. I mean, if this – we gotta we gotta get a confidence booster away, and it, we just missed a really good chance too. Yeah, and I mean, really, the penalties were kind of fixed in the first half of the season, and all of a sudden they've kind of reared their head a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll go ahead and go into the Christmas Day games, and we'll start with the first two, considering that they were not necessarily unimportant. I mean, the the first one's probably more important than the second one, definitely. But uh, the Las Vegas Raiders defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead 20 to 14 and Aiden O'Connell threw for less than 70 passing yards. The Raiders defense, man, that that's the reason they won this football game. I mean, they had two back-to-back. Um they had a fumble recovery return for a touchdown and the very next play they have a pick six. <laughs> that's a, I mean 14 points just bang bang. And yeah. Patrick Mahomes probably gets back into the huddle on the third time coming back going, what the hell just happened? All right, we got to go win this football yeah. game. But good for the Raiders, man. You know, the Chiefs are struggling. It's looking like they're definitely going to play an away game in the playoffs at yeah. some point. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to – they're gonna, yeah, and we're going to see what they have whenever they leave Arrowhead in playoffs. I mean, it, yeah, so like let's let's say like Chiefs, Chiefs win their division – Chiefs win the first round, and then they have to go to Baltimore. That's that's not easy. That's that's tough, and I think it's going to be a rough ride in the playoffs for uh, the Chiefs. And I don't know who they still have left on their schedule, but they could squeeze out another loss. Man, they, they're just they look down. It's just funny that the Raiders win this game because I'm looking at the drive chart for them, right? And here's how their possessions went, right? Uh, three and out punt, fifteen plays, field goal, three and out punt. Five and five and out punt, uh, end of half, <laughs> and it, it just for the record, before the end of half and the punt, uh, before halftime, that's when those two touchdowns happened back to back. So then they come back from the second half or in the second half, five plays punt, three and out punt, seven plays field goal, six plays punt, six plays end of game. <laughs> the, the fact that they were able to win a game like that, especially against the Chiefs, is I don't think this is a, uh. I, it's just a weird game for the Chiefs in general. I mean, even offensively, nothing looked smooth. Um, they they couldn't really get anything going uh, for the majority of the game on the f- offensive side of the ball. So, I, I but I mean, like I said, they really don't lose any ground because their seeding didn't change. They're still the four seed or sorry, three seed right now. 
um, because the Broncos lost, and it seems like they probably have that division locked up. Uh, but moving on to the next game, we have the Eagles feeding the Giants 33-25, uh, the death of Tommy Cutlets. He was benched for Tyrod Taylor mid-game. And the Eagles get off the Shania a little bit and get a win in this week. So I, I guess I don't know if you have any major takeaways aside from uh, maybe the Tomba DeVito saga being over. But I, I mean, no, I, the, the DeVito thing, I mean, there's a lot of guys that come in the league and do that. You know, they're here for a few weeks. They make a little bit of noise and then they fade away real quick. Um, but I, I didn't love the officiating in this game. Um, a couple calls I didn't like, like the call before halftime of them, uh, the delay a game because what, what had happened was, is that, uh, Jalen hurts could have walked out of bounds and they would have had an easy field goal. Instead, he decided to cut back inbounds with six seconds left. No timeouts. He cuts back inbounds. Okay. Three giants players swallow him up to, he gains an extra four yards from this, um, gets from about the 13 to probably the nine doing this move, um, makes a terrible, football decision as a quarterback, terrible game managing decision. Three giants tackle him, ball squirts out at the end of the play. And a guy's like grabbing the football, like it's a fumble and the ref's trying to get the football. He hands football to the ref right after that. And they call a delay a game. And it's like, right. well, it could have been a fumble. They go back, look at the replay. The guy was down. I mean, Jalen hurts was down, but the guy that gets the football, I don't think he was the one that poked it out. So he was like, Oh, ball could be out. <laughs> and I mean, they call delay a game. Eagles get the clock to stop with four seconds left, kick a field goal before halftime, get the ball back. I'm pretty sure after halftime, I didn't, I didn't like that call. And then I didn't like the uh, false start. I hated on the center. Uh, the giants were trying to go for it in the third yes. quarter on fourth and two or fourth and three. And they Jalen Carter comes across the line. They call a false start on the center and the center didn't really do anything wrong. Right. Right. Dable was was frustrated. They end up punting that drive, um, but they could have came down, scored a touchdown on that drive. This game's a lot different. Three points less, and you know, or a six point swing. This game's a lot different. You know, twenty eight thirty, a lot different ending. So, yeah. Anyways, that, that's all I want to say about that game. Um, let's get on to this next one. This next one whew, shocked probably a lot of the big, probably the, the aside from the Cowboys Dolphins, probably the biggest game of the week. Uh, we had. On Monday Night Football, we had the Baltimore Ravens defeating the San Francisco 49ers 33-19. And the Ravens moved to 12-3, and now have the best record in the NFL. And the 49ers moved to 11-4. and They're tied with the Eagles and the Lions for the best record in the NFC. And this was kind of uh, this was the game that not necessarily say I've been waiting on because I haven't been plotting on uh, Brock Purdy's downfall by any means. But... I have been waiting for this kind of game to rear its head for Brock Purdy because, like, I know you and me are both on the same page with this whole Brock Purdy thing, and I, I'm kind of happy this game happened because I think this quiets down the Brock Purdy for MVP talk by a lot. I think it hypes up the Lamar Jackson for MVP talk. Which, not saying Lamar had a awesome game, but he had a he did have a good game. I mean, he had probably about, I think it was like 270-ish yards. He had two passing touchdowns. He had a, a little bit of rushing yards, as he always does. But uh, He scored he, 33 points on this Niners defense. Yeah. And, well, let's, let's just take a second because Brock Purdy did throw four interceptions, but the – and I will say, I think that the Baltimore Ravens defense showed that they are – probably the best defense in the league, maybe outside of Cleveland. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, but 
I, I still like this Niners defense to be the best in the league. They have one night. They, they let up a good amount of points. Their quarterback, they, they were on the field a lot. Their quarterback threw four interceptions. Right. You know, I, it, Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions. This Ravens defense is beat. Yes. You know, that Niners defense was beat. And not to mention, I said this earlier in the season, um, Lamar Jackson does this to NFC opponents all the time. Yeah. He goes they showed a, a, uh, a graphic on the broadcast that he is a monster against the NFC. Yes, because these teams don't play him as often. He just and, – and, I mean, when was the last time the Niners played the Ravens? It's uh, it's probably been a while. I'm trying to think if Lamar has ever played the 49ers. He has to have because it's been four years. Uh, but right. I'm sure so, that he probably played them early on in his career. Right. So other than that, I mean, this Niners team doesn't exactly get to – Lamar Jackson is not like Justin Fields. Lamar Jackson is not like uh, Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson is his own animal. Right. You know, he, he he's kind of proven himself to be his own unique thing. Um, in this league, and he is really hard to game plan for. And then, like you said, they do have a good defense to back. I don't know if they're the best in the league, but they do have a good defense to back Lamar Jackson, which it's going to be hard to stop, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and what I like about this Ravens defense is that they're getting some really good years out of guys like Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, who are just like veteran one-year guys who have been popping around for the last few years onto different squads and they ended up on this team together and they're giving some really valuable snaps for this Ravens defense. Um, Kyle Hamilton did get injured late in the game. Uh, If he's out, I will say that makes a huge difference about how I feel about this uh, Ravens defense because he has been one of the bright spots for them, especially here in his young career. So um, Um, great win for the Ravens. I will say this though. I mean, if the Niners the Niners can get to the Super Bowl, you know, shake the, uh, it, it's going to be hard to beat the Niners twice. I it's going totally to be really hard to, it's going to be really hard to beat the Niners twice. So if the Niners can get to the Super Bowl, I mean, this, we could see this matchup. I mean, this is probably the favorite for the Super Bowl at yeah. the moment. That's really it for our week 15 recap. We're going to move into dogs and slugs. So go ahead and fire off the dogs for us, Parker. All right, let's get into this dogs team. I'm, I'm glad that I get to announce all the guys that helped you um, get to the championship or win your playoff matchup. And Peyton's going to have to be the one to tell you all the guys that kept you out of the playoffs, which might tick you off a little bit. He's reminding you of that. But uh, here goes this first team, all dogs. We're going to start off with first uh, quarterback this week, which is, this is a weird one, man. We got Derek Carr rocking up front with uh, 31 fantasy points. Had a good day uh, against the Rams. Still uh, couldn't come away with a win, but good fantasy performance. Uh, probably was on everybody's bench or on the waivers. This was a big points were left on your bench week for a lot yes. of these dogs. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, this RB1 this week is Brees Hall, 37.1 points. Had a really good week. And Derrick Henry coming in at RB2 uh, on this first team, all dogs, 22.9 points. Now this guy. This guy right here, your wide receiver one this week, was a dog. If you had him on your team, he probably got you a win this week. And that is Amari Cooper with 46 fantasy points. What is it, 265 receiving yards, two touchdowns? It was, yes. He set the franchise record for the Cleveland Browns as far as receiving yards in a single game goes. So that just tells you pretty much all you need to know. Yes. All right. Good job, Amari Cooper. Uh, Wide receiver two. George Pickens, 33 and a half points. 
probably left on your bench. Some people might have flexed him. If you did, great job. If you didn't, I'm sorry. It happens. Tight end one this week, uh, George Kittle, 16.1 points. The flex position, Puka Nakua, coming in with 28.5 points against the Saints, had a really good week. The defense this week, who would have known that the Las Vegas Raiders defense would be number one this week playing against Patrick Mahomes? Not only that, but back-to-back weeks, they have been the number one DST. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah they played they, the Chargers last week. They were number week. one on the Chargers last week. You're right. You're right. Man, good job, Raiders. And the kicker, Jason Sanders with 15 points for the field goals, 22 fantasy points. Had a really good week this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. And go ahead with the second team. All right, man. Let's 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 get right into it. Flacco is backo. QB one on the second team. All dogs. Uh 30.8 points. Um, you know, obviously if Amari Cooper's gonna throw up 46, his quarterback's gonna do something well. Um, so good job for Joe. Joe is back. And I'd love to see Joe Flacco in the playoffs. I'd love to see like Ravens Browns meet up and Joe Flacco plays hardball. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be really cool. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, RB, uh, RB one on this second team, all dogs is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, per usual, always makes his name on the list somewhere. 22.1 points. Jameer Gibbs right behind him. Uh, RB two with 22 points. Uh, wide receiver one on the second team, all dogs, DJ Chark coming out of nowhere with 24.8 points. I bet he's like 6% rostered. Maybe less than that, dude. I mean, yeah, you like, think he has not had a game like this, I don't think, all year. And uh, he's probably fourth pass catching option, maybe fifth on the Lions. And so the fact that he might be rostered at all is, I don't know, that's in question. I would say that maybe it's even less than like 2%. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's low. But anyways, let's get to this uh, wide receiver two, Mike Evans, um, having a really good year. I was just looking at his stats, man. He had two touchdowns again this week. He's he's looking right. He's looking right this year, man. He's definitely making his case for Hall of Fame whenever he uh, comes to retirement. But uh, let's get to this tight end, Chig Unconquo. I don't know who <laughs> yeah, that he, is. You don't know who the Chig Unconquo is? No, Di- Dynasty darling, Chig Unconquo. He was a rookie tight end last year. He is the tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and he caught a touchdown from Derrick Henry this week. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Can we talk about that? Sure. Eric Henry's past stats just got better. I've already brought this up on the pod once, but he's got four touchdowns, nine passes, and seven completions. Not nine bad. pass attempts, seven completions, four touchdowns. Derek Henry, efficient passer. Love to see it. All right. Let's get to this flex and we'll get out of this dogs list. Um, Justin Jefferson with 23.1 coming in on the second team, all dogs. And that does it for all your dogs this week. And then as far as just slogs go, I mean, A, number one with a bullet is none other than Brock Purdy, who threw the four picks and led to him only scoring 2.4 points. Uh, After being a reliable quarterback option all year, he laid up a stinker for you in your semifinal. So uh, next we had, unfortunately, what was my Flex Friday pick for quarterback (laughs) this week, Uh, Gardner Minshew, 9.14 points. I only noted that because if I told you to start him, I didn't help you at all, so sorry about that. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, there were a couple. We had a pretty big one in Devontae Adams with 0.9 points, and the Raiders didn't throw the ball, so Devontae Adams didn't didn't really catch anything. He had one catch for four yards, so yikes. But then we had DeAndre Hopkins with just three points, Deontay Johnson with just 2.5 points, uh, Stephon Diggs with 5.4 points. Man, this is like the second time in a row 
as far as two years in a row where Stefan Diggs has really hurt you in the later part of the year, especially the playoffs. And I'm not saying that this is just a thing with him, but it's not nothing that it's happened twice now. Yeah, I mean, Stephon Diggs is is killing people in fantasy right now. He's he's had a really bad stretch of like six weeks, I think it is by yeah, now. Yeah, I think they said that it was either six or eight weeks that he hasn't had a hundred yards receiving in a single game. So, yeah, it's been it's been a while for him. Yeah, uh, the last wide receiver slog is DJ Moore with three point three points. Then you had a bunch of running backs that were probably started for you. Uh, we had Devon A. Chain three point six points. Uh, we had. Travis Etienne, as I mentioned, 4.6 points. Alvin Kamara with just six points, considering that uh, that we thought that that matchup against the Rams was a pretty good one for him, and he's been getting a lot of usage. So six points is pretty big disappointment for him. And then Tony Pollard with just 4.8 points. Could have been more if he got in on that touchdown. But, uh, yeah, not, not a great week for him as well. And then a guy who, man, some people probably were so disappointed. He's been reliable all year, and this was a bad week for him. Sam Laporta, 3.3 points. So, unfortunately for the tight end one on the season, bad week in the playoffs. He's been some people's bread and butter. I mean, he's been he's been pretty consistent. Absolutely. And then I, I have an honorable mention because I have beef with this guy. I know that Case Keenum is a Vikings, I don't know about legend, but he lives in the lore of the Minnesota Vikings for forever because of the Minneapolis miracle. But I hate Case Keenum. So... I, a little bit of story time. Sorry about me complaining about my fantasy team. But um, in a dynasty league, which is where you build a roster, keep all your players every year, uh, and it's super flex, meaning that we play not only one quarterback, but two quarterbacks every week. I have had some major quarterback problems coming into the playoffs. I was the number two team all year. And coming down into the season, my quarterbacks were Joe Burrow out for the year. Justin Herbert, out for the year. Kyler Murray, still alive, luckily. And C.J. Stroud, who has been out for the last two weeks. So, as a result, uh, I was faced with the tough decision where I picked up Case Keenum because C.J. Stroud was out. And I said, all right, I have two players I'm deciding between for this super flex spot. I can either play Case Keenum, a starting quarterback in the NFL, who, at the very least, should get maybe close to 200 yards and maybe a touchdown. So maybe he can get 12 points, right? Or I can start T Higgins. And sure enough, I started Case Keenum. He scored a whopping negative 1.52 points before getting benched for Davis Mills. And on the contrary, T Higgins scored 22.5 points. I lost by 21 points. So I am, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this long and hard for the past two days. So that, that you can see where my head's at right now. Anyways, that was a fantasy story time with Pepe. So you can hear about my sorrows, but we are going to go ahead and move into our week 17 preview. Parker, you ready? Yeah, man, let's go ahead and get into this week 17 preview. I'm pretty excited because <laughs> there's a lot going on this week. There's a lot of teams that are, this is going to make or break them. So let's get down into it. Let's start off with Joe Flacco hosting his old New York Jets. That he just That's the last team he played for before here, right? Yes, it is. All right, so Browns are hosting the Jets. They have the Browns minus seven points, and they have the over-under at 35.5, which is pretty low. Yeah. Ironically, last year when these two teams played each other, I don't know if you remember that Jets-Browns game, but the Jets actually won that game because Flacco had some crazy plays down the stretch. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I do remember that game from last year. Yeah, it was like one of Joe Flacco's better games 
Yeah, um, and it was it was it was the Nick Chubb didn't go down game where he scored a touchdown and then it gave the Jets enough time to come back. But I, I, going back to this game, I, I'm going to go with the Browns. I, I think that their defense is probably on the same level as the Jets at this point in the season, and I do not trust the Jets' offense whatsoever. So give me the Browns minus seven. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you, man. Give me the Browns. I think the Browns win this game pretty easily and move to eleven and five going into the last week of the season. Let's go to this next one. Yeah, uh, yeah, very interesting game. Maybe one of the most interesting this week, if you ask me. This is this has playoff matchup written all over it. Um, yeah, which if uh, you would have said that two years ago, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we have the Detroit Lions going to Dallas, and they have Dallas favored by six points, a touchdown. You know, I think that the point total has a lot to do with this line. I mean, it's really high total. It's 53 and a half points, which is super high in the NFL. So they think this is going to be a pointsy game. And I tend to agree with them. Uh, And it's really hard for me to take because I think that the six is right on the number because, and the reason why is I think whoever wins this game is going to win by a touchdown. With that said, I mean, I would probably, man, I'm going to take the Lions only because I think they can cover that six somehow. Okay, so you take them to cover six, and you yeah, take them to I don't win know. because you think they're going to no, win. No, I really, I really think that I know that the money line odds say that like the Cowboys are minus two ninety and the Lions are plus two thirty five. If you ask me, this should be a not a pick 'em, but it should be like a minus one plus one line because, I, like I said, I think whoever wins this game is going to win by a touchdown. So I, I would guess that the Lions have a much better than plus two the two thirty five odds at winning this game, personally. Okay, all right. Um, I think that this line is swayed a lot on where this game is being played. I think that's the yeah. only reason the Cowboys have six points. I think if you play this in Detroit, Detroit's minus three and a half. Uh, maybe um, more like minus one, but sure. I mean, that, that's that's what I think. I think that the the home field advantage between the Cowboys being twenty and one in Dallas is. I mean, you got to kind of take them to be somewhat of a favorite at home, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm obviously going to take the Cowboys win that game. They really need it. Uh, would love to just secure that fifth seed spot and play the NFC South opponent. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. So, all right. Let's uh, move on to this next game. Uh, NFC, or I'm sorry, AFC East matchup between the Patriots and the Bills. It's played, they're playing in Buffalo, and the Bills are minus 11 points. And I like I- Patriots plus 11. All day long. Oh, really? Okay, because I like Bills minus 11. And the reason why, I know that the Patriots have been playing close games recently, but I really like the Bills minus 11, despite the fact that they were 12-point favorites last week and barely won against the Chargers. I think that the Bills are going to have a monster revenge game against this Patriots team that they lost to earlier in the season. So I think that they're going to be coming for blood against their division opponent after losing to them earlier in the season. And I think that they might try to make a statement and win by two touchdowns. You know, um, I hate to say this, but I I definitely disagree. Bills, that's okay. I Bills, want you to disagree. That makes the Bills play to their competition, and they have done it all year long. All year long, you you go back and look at everything they've done. Okay, what if I told? All right, the Bills have beat the Chiefs by three. They have beat the Cowboys by twenty-one. They lost to the Eagles by four in overtime when the Eagles were on a, on a tear. Right, three really good teams. Then they. Beat the Chargers by two. 
They lose to the Broncos by two. They lose to the Bengals by six. They beat the Bucks by uh, a touchdown. They lose to the Patriots earlier this season. They beat the Giants by five. All year long, they have played strictly to their competition. And I think this game is is it's going to happen again. I like the Patriots plus 11. I don't think I like them to win, but I like this game to end with a, in a five-point spread. I, I think the Patriots lose 21-26. This game's pretty important for this uh for this Atlanta Falcons team because they are traveling to Chicago to play the Bears and the Bears are minus three. Yeah, I'm on the Falcons plus three all day. I think this just means more to that Falcons team. Um, they they need this one. There's no losing this one. If they lose this, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they need this game really bad. I actually still like the Bears in this game to win. Um, I think Justin Fields has kind of figured out, you know, that he doesn't have to make miracle plays for them to win. He just kind of needs to, you know, make, make decent throws and scramble around and get first downs and his team will find a way to win. And he'll find his way into the end zone too, running, running the football. So I, I really like the bears here. I like Justin Fields over Taylor Heineke. That's the only reason I'm picking the bears and moving on to the next game. We have the Raiders going to Indianapolis and they have Indianapolis minus three. Man, am I weird for liking the Raiders here? You know, I, I think I think it's a little far fetched that the Raiders can nah. get three you know three in a row, you know yeah, like yeah I, I like they I'm blow out they blow out the Chargers they beat the Chiefs I think this is kind of like letdown time you know yeah, like kind of put them I, back I th- in their place I, yeah I, I think this is a, a one of those situations where I, I think there might be some overreaction by the public in taking the Raiders but I, I'm gonna stick with the Colts actually um, I think that they I know that they. Did not play well in that Falcons game, but I think that they are a much better team than that final score indicated. So give me the Colts. Minus three. Yeah, I'm in on the Colts too in that game. Um, All right, let's go down to the next game. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Seattle to play the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are minus three and a half. I love the Seahawks this week. Do you? I mean, I I guess Steelers coming off a big win. Um, Mike Tomlin loves to go eight and eight and win the last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. so um, I, I can see that. I mean, I like the Seahawks to win, but I also see this being a tough game. I, I don't see this being a gimme. I, I think that last week what happened was the interceptions by Jake Browning kind of gave the Steelers the momentum they needed to take over this game somewhat early. And I, I don't necessarily think that uh, Geno Smith is going to do that against the Steelers defense. The Steelers defense has not been the best all year. They're, they're, they're improving. They have had a couple of weeks where they've looked better. However, I still don't think they're a above average unit. And I think that the Seahawks offense can take advantage of that. So I, I'm going to go with the Seahawks minus three and a half at home. See, see, I just want the Seahawks to lose so the Rams can get in. So I can just say I called well, it. Well, they could both get in. They're both in the playoffs right now. There's not, saying, I mean, I mean we, it's who else is getting in the wild card spot? I know, the but Vikings I said, are terrible. The Saints are terrible. <laughs> So like the Packers aren't really working out. Yeah, I guess no, I guess no. I guess you you got a you got a point there. But I don't know. I, I just really think it solidifies the Rams spot if the Seahawks can lose. Right. But right. Um anyways, that, that game, uh I, I still pick Seahawks to win. I think they're gonna win. I don't want them to win. Um, but let's move on to this uh AFC West matchup we have uh between the Chargers and the Broncos. They're playing at Mile High Stadium and the Broncos are minus five and a half. I think I like the Broncos here at minus five and a half. And I know that 
it may not seem like he's been doing an awesome job these past couple weeks, but I still think that Sean Payton is the type of coach where whenever it is a gotta have it type of game, and I'm not trying to just be generalized as of not getting into the analytics of it all, but I think that a coach like Sean Payton is something that you have to pay attention to because he's the type of coach that gets his players up for games where you have to have it. I mean, last week was a gotta have it. It wasn't opinion. a gotta. It, I mean, it was. In my opinion, last week was a gotta have it. Um, and when you're playing the Patriots, the 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 three and eleven Patriots, you gotta have it. Um, I uh, I mean, sure, yeah, I guess that's a good argument. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I'm gonna stick with my pick. I, I I'm not gonna be so no, uh, f- fickle. And no, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna Chargers. I'm gonna take Russell Wilson over Easton Stick. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Broncos as well. I'm gonna take Sean Payton over whoever they have coaching the Chargers at this point. Which is who? Uh, that's a weird trivia question. I have no idea who the interim is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I I like the Broncos. I mean, they're just kind of more put together at the moment in general. So give me Denver uh, minus five and a half. Uh, give them to me by by nine. Um. All right. Let's move on to this other game that could be important for whoever you know. If you want to squeeze it's in the playoffs here, in a weird way, it's actually a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. So we have the Green Bay Packers going to Minnesota to play the Vikings, and the Vikings are favored by one and a half points. I think I'd take the Vikings only because if if we can basically play that close with the Lions and have a chance to win down the stretch, I think we could take advantage of this Packers team who's been, despite having a small little run uh, towards the I don't know, two-thirds mark of the season. They've kind of fallen off a bit after two losses and then a very close win against the Panthers. So I think that – I think we can win this one with – I don't want to say ease but because I think it'll be a good game. But I think there's a good chance that the Vikings can win this one. Yeah, I mean, I'll, the Vikings at home uh, definitely helps, you know, playing in Minnesota. Yeah. But I think this one's going to be tight, man. This is going to be real close. The so one and a half, it's, it's – it's, to me, this is a pick em. I don't, I don't know what side to pick. I guess I'm going to take the Vikings. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll take the Vikings to win. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I still don't like it. I, I don't like it either. So, But going on to the next matchup, Parker, uh, let's talk about this pretty big game this week. Yeah, this is, I mean, this game of the week right here. Um, yeah. This is it. So we have the Miami Dolphins going to Baltimore to play the Ravens, and the Ravens are favored by three points. I, man, I know I love the Ravens um, just in general, but... I think that I like the Dolphins plus three. I'm <laughs> um, I'm on the opposite side. I like the Ravens minus three. Wow. After, okay. After, well, I didn't expect that. After seeing the Cowboys, the way they played the Dolphins, I honestly think the Cowboys should have won that game, um, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think the Dolphins did anything special. You know, they didn't really get into the end zone. I don't think they deserve to win it. Um, you know, but that's how football goes. You know, I'm not not like saying, oh, they didn't deserve it. We should like that's not what I mean. But the Cowboys definitely could have won that game in a little bit better coaching. Um, yeah, and and we get the dub there. So I, I like this Baltimore Ravens team to beat the Dolphins by yeah. eleven. <laughs> I, Don't I think get me this... wrong. I I love this Ravens team. They've been like my preseason crush. I'm happy to see a lot of the takes that I had for them preseason pretty much pan out. Um, but. In this specific game, I do like the Dolphins plus three because at, at, when I was watching that 49ers-Ravens game, I, I mean, the turnovers were a huge factor in how that game, uh, the game script played out. And although I know that they were behind, but uh, the 49ers are still running the ball really well against this Ravens defense. And 
the Dolphins run the ball very, very well in this almost the same system. So uh, I, I think that if Tua can not turn the ball over, and, and a lot of the, another thing to know is a lot of those turnovers that were given to the Ravens, a couple of them left them with like short fields to where they basically were guaranteed points off of them. Um, I, I don't know that that's going to be replicated in this Dolphins game. So I, I like the Dolphins plus three in this one. And I think it's going to be a great game. Honestly, I, I think it's going to be, I, I mean, most people agree. It's not a hot take, but I do think it'll be one of the better regular season games we've had over the past, I don't know, four or five weeks. And I think that it's a, I think this would be a really fun, it, it maybe we're getting a preview at it, but I think this could be a really fun AFC championship matchup as well. Yeah, no, I, I do see these teams uh, quite possibly being in the AFC championship together as well. Um, I'm just, I mean, I don't know, man. I, the reason I kind of like Baltimore's side, I was just looking at it and Isaiah likely has been a big part of this offense uh, these mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. And uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, playing his way, like, the Baltimore Ravens might try to take Jalen Ramsey like out of this game. They could like, just it, not because they got the running. It, they have the two running backs that they love in uh, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Uh, Lamar is able to do stuff with his with his legs as well. So you could be right about that. I mean, I, I think they could go a little tight end heavy this week, and mm-hmm. you know, put put their number one receiver, uh, you know, Flowers, put him out outside, and let him and Jalen Ramsey just kind of run down the field together all night long. They could, yeah. you know what I mean? And they could yeah. literally just take away a side of the field. And I think Lamar Jackson's good enough to play with half a field yeah. just with and, his legs and the way he plays. I mean, I'm not saying that he's all, you know, the all-star pro bowl caliber player he once was, but I mean, Odell is not a nobody no. in this offense. He's been, he has, he has good hands. Yeah. He, he's been better than most people expect him to be. In right. this offense. So. He's just a veteran receiver. So, I mean, right. you got to have, you got to have those. This is going to be a close game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, let's yep. go ahead and uh, get things rolling. We have the San Francisco 49ers going to Washington to play the commanders and the Niners are favored by two touchdowns, 13 and a half points. I'm not trying to be trendy here, but I do actually like the Washington commanders plus 13 and a half. Uh, the 49ers just lost. They not only not, they didn't lose him, but they had Trent Williams suffer a groin injury. And then his backup had a concussion. So they're on their L and I believe their third string also had an injury as well. So they are down to basically their fourth string left tackle. They're playing a right guard at left tackles, what they're doing. Yes, correct. And I think <laughs> that, that that's enough. I mean, I know this 49ers team is awesome, but I think that's enough for me to think that this can be a 13 point game. Hey man, if that, 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 that's a big deal. Pause it's a huge quick. deal. Duke that Christian McCaffrey I mean, he's good, but that offensive line also helps a lot, and yeah. that is probably the that is the biggest piece of their offensive line. I mean, he right. is, and that I mean that's that's Brock Purdy's blind side. But anyways, we'll we'll talk about that. I'm sure at some point, um, going in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm with you. I take the Niners or I take the Commanders plus thirteen and a half. I think the Niners win by eleven or twelve. I think it's not really close. I think the Commanders yeah. just get a late touchdown or garbage time points to make it a cover. Um, right. Niners still win this game. No problem. But all right. Agreed. Uh, we let's go to Arrowhead where we have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals and they have the Chiefs favored by seven and a half points. I, I, I think the Chiefs win this game, but I do like the Bengals to cover the seven and a half because I mean, these Chiefs games, they're, they're, the scoring has not been high. And I think if this is a, I mean, the score could be 20 to 27. I, I think this game. 
I think the Chiefs win by a lot. Oh, okay. Present the argument. I, I well, they got their run run game coming back this week. I mean, they had Pacheco this week score a touchdown, but I think he comes back next week, kind of like back at RB one. You know, kind of gets the Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, takes out of the way. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon's not playing anymore. Um, he's injured as well. So I don't know. I just think that after this week, Patrick Mahomes has been frustrated these last couple of weeks. Maybe it's time to, you know, put that MVP face on, shake it off, um, know that it's playoff time and know that you have to get key wins like this. Um, and when I mean key wins, like they need to win this game by two touchdowns. And I will say maybe you're, you're probably one of the factors you may not, I may not be taking into account is the fact that they do have a bit of bad blood with the Bengals, especially the Bengals coming to Arrowhead. And they, even if Joe Burrow isn't on the other side of the ball, I'm sure that they want to make a statement in this one. So uh, there's dude, that factor as well. Arrowhead is going to be rocking. That it is. And that is our week 17 preview. Can you believe that we're already at week 17? We got dude, one more week of previews and then it's just recaps and then playoff time. I, I said this, I said this like two days ago. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's week 17 football season is almost over. Look, was, it's not almost over. It's uh, like, yeah, it is. We have like six weeks. That's fine though. Six weeks is good. Uh, six or seven weeks. And one of those weeks is well, one of those weeks is the Pro Bowl. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. So, <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, look, we, it's a journey, and it, the thing is, of course, we won it all year. But I think that it, this is not a tangent I necessarily want to go on. But like the the finite ending in February, I think. It makes the sport because if if it was just around all year, do you think we'd really like crave it like we do? No, no, no. It's not what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just hate that it's over. I, I love. Well, I, I, we all do. I I wouldn't change a thing. But dude, that stretch from mid February to August 10th is just like <sighs> it hurts. It hurts me. It just hurts. Yeah, it's I will painful. say though, you know, we do have about six or seven more weeks of real football, but. Fantasy football is about to be over, and we are about to go into our Fantasy 5 segment. However, it's not going to be the same as it has been. Uh, Parker pointed out to me that, you know, we might want to talk about this in a different light, because if you made it to your Fantasy Championships, you're probably not picking up streamers. You probably have your team already made. We may not need to really tell you who we think you should start and not start this week. Instead, something unprecedented has happened for us as brothers. And I, I I honestly think, I don't think there's been a single time where we've played each other in a championship game. It, it, can you recall? No, I've already, I, I played Isaac last year. Yeah, but so not I'm, me and you. No, and we've no, been playing fantasy football for a long time together. I was in this eighth grade like when what? you and I started playing together. So it's like what, the 13th season? 16 years of playing fantasy football in the same leagues together. And we've never wow. played each other in the championship games. And the crazy thing is that in that 16-year span, it took to year 16 to do it, but we actually have not one, but two championship games where we're facing each other, which is Absolutely. pretty wild. Yeah, hey, man, congrats on making it to the ship in both leagues. Thanks, and you as well. And I, you know what? Do you want to go through Family League or Friends League first? Um, Let's go through Family League because I'm making okay. my uh, second – this is the second year we've had the family league and I am making my second championship appearance appearance last year. I fell short this year. I'm, I'm coming back for revenge. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get it back. Yeah. And I, I mean, as far as our matchup goes, uh, you have some 
pretty sizable advantages at certain positions, and I also have some sizable advantages. However, you do have some guys coming off injury that could help you this week, depending. Uh, but I, do you want to go ahead and just roll through your lineup and then my lineup, what it's going to look like? Yes, we can go ahead and do that. Um, all right, so we'll go through a quick couple points of my lineup that have really been uh, strong this year. Uh, I have Dak and CD. I got that little handcuff. That's, That's pretty that much scary, dude. Dude, it's pretty much what I've been riding on, and they're playing at home this yeah. week. So that's really exciting. They usually put up about 20 a piece. So I, I've just been I've been on that train all year long. It's been really nice. And then this guy actually has been really underwhelming for me this year. I picked him kind of late because he was injured early this year, but I, I have Cooper Cup. Yep. And he but he's been he's Pukanuku has taken a lot of a lot of shares over there in uh, in Los Angeles. So that's scary for me as well. Um, Saquon, obviously good running back. This is where my lineup gets scary because the last last week, all three of my running backs are now not playing. Um, I have, I might have to start Tajay Spears, but I have Jarek McKinnon, Ramondre Stevenson and Brian Robinson jr. If any of those three play, I'll probably start them over Tajay. But, um, other than that, I mean, George Kittle, good tight end, Chris Godwin in my flex might put Cortland Sutton in there. Don't really know yet. And then uh, Jake Elliott and Dallas's defense. Yeah, uh, I will say, despite what projections might say, I think that I would probably take you to win this one. And reason being is because, uh, I, first off, my team is kind of riding in on a flat tire, if you will, <laughs> to this game. And the reason I say that is because uh, the majority of the season, I had the Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen stack. And those have been a non-factor in the playoffs considering that Justin Herbert has been on IR and Keenan Allen has been injured the past two weeks. So uh, instead of Justin Herbert, I actually have Kyler Murray, who last game had some garbage time to help him get to a decent fantasy day. Uh, and then at wide receiver, I have A.J. Brown, Chris Olave. And also, if I wanted to play him, I could play Keenan Allen, but Easton Stick, not sure if I would do that. Uh, and then at running back, I have Alvin Kamara, Kyron Williams, Tony Pollard. Uh, tight end is Trey McBride, so... Uh, the Kyler Murray tight end, not a bad idea to stack those two, considering that Trey McBride has been having a late late surge this season. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, because everybody else on my bench, I'm not playing them over any of those guys. So, But out of those two teams, I definitely would probably lean towards you being the favorite in that game, despite what the projections might say. That's going to be a that's gonna be a good one. I'm excited for that one. And then in our friends league, uh, we have a matchup, and I guess we can go through in a similar fashion our teams as well. All right, so in this league, I am the one seed uh, coming in the playoffs. I went 11-3 and three this year, and my quarterback is Matthew Stafford. I have uh, Jameer Gibbs. My running back core is really what carries my team. Um, I have Jameer Gibbs, B. John Robinson, and Brees Hall. Um, I also have David Montgomery on my bench, so I kind of rotate those out, you know, how, however I feel about them. They're all pretty solid. They're about the same. Um, and then my wide receivers, I have DK CD and then I have Michael Pittman who I don't know if he's going to play or not, but I probably won't sub anybody above DK and CD at this point in the season. And then I have David Njoku, who has been Joe Flacco's like favorite target. Yeah. So that's really exciting for me knowing that, um, Joe Flacco coming at the end of the year has really revived David Njoku's fantasy season for me. I have the Lions defense. I'm going to end up getting rid of. Uh, I'm going to have to go pick somebody else up. They're playing Dallas. I do not want to start them against Dallas in Dallas. So, right. Other than that, though, man, I mean, that's my team. Yeah. 
And on my side, uh, once again, Kyler Murray is my starting quarterback because I had. I Joe want Burrow. a Kyler Murray just shit of a week. I want him yeah, to just do. really. Just and the problem is he's playing the Eagles. So, and the Eagles pass defense is not good, which should probably worry you a little bit. Uh, but uh, I had Joe Burrow in this league. So once again, QB injury, Kyler, not a bad backup to have, <laughs> honestly. But uh, the running backs, my running back core was definitely the like RB2 strategy, and it's ended up okay. I have uh, Aaron Jones and then Rashad White, the unsung fantasy darling of the season, uh, and then James Conner. So I, one of those, two of those three will be starting for me. And then uh, my team is actually anchored by the wide receivers. Uh, I have Tyree Kill, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Brandon Ayuk, who uh, I believe those three are all top 10 in fantasy points this year in the receiver position. So, and then my tight end recently I had an injury. So I have Darren Waller in there. Not great. Uh, definitely scared of David and Joku this week. I can guarantee you that. And then I have uh, the Jason Sanders monster leg from last week. If he can, if he can put up about 20 points again, I think I feel a lot better about my chances. So I think I'd honestly, uh, this one might be a little bit closer, I think than the, than the uh, family league, but I still think that I might give you the, the edge, but I'm not sure. I think it really depends on if my running backs get in the end zone. I think that's a big deal um, for my team. If my running backs don't get in the end zone, I don't win. Yeah. And it's tough. And and me having Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, like I have to sit one of them probably because I have Brees and Bijan. Like, how do you not start Brees and Bijan? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's tough. It's going to really come, come down to how I set my lineup. I think I'm going to, I don't know. I, I should be able to control my own destiny in this league, but I, I could make a really big mistake and sit the wrong guy. And now that we've lost about 75% of our listeners, because we talked about our fantasy teams, uh, we're going to go ahead and go into our last segment, betting bros. And as of right now, the, the standings haven't really changed much. Parker did hit his lock of the week. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens money line uh, at plus two Oh five that helped him a little bit, uh, but not enough to really make a huge dent. He's definitely still got to make up some ground. He's at negative $1,159.81. I'm at positive $488.33. And I'm going to go ahead and give my picks because I want to save Parker's for last because Parker's are definitely the more entertaining picks at this point in the season. So I'm going to go ahead and give my three picks. I have the Atlanta Falcons plus three at the Chicago Bears. I, I already talked about why I like them in that game. I think they could, they could win that game. I'm just going to take them to cover the three. Then I like the Houston Texans minus four against the Tennessee Titans. And I I think that the Texans have a big bounce back week. I think Stroud is finally going to be healthy. I think he made a huge difference uh, in this Texans team. And then uh, not only that, but I mean, the last time they played, it was this ugly game between the two teams. And I don't know that it'll be the same the second go around. So uh, moving on to my lock of the week, I already talked about, I like this team a lot this week. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those are my picks for the week. Parker, go ahead with yours and we'll close this baby out. I'm going to go ahead and start off with my picks. Um, I'm actually taking a step back this week, Peyton. I'm not, I'm not throwing out a bunch of plus bets. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I might be able to get on. If I can get on a consistent roll here, I can bet minus 100 bets and be okay. You could, I, you know, yeah. you know, I, and I need you to just miss a couple. That's it. Yeah. Um, you need me to go like one and two for the next two weeks. And then once it comes playoff time, you're going to, I just to need start. to hit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get into my picks. I have the Steelers money line as my first pick of the week, plus 154 against the Seattle Seahawks. I think they could uh, they could shake things up in Seattle uh, this week. So I'm taking them money line. Um, I have the Chicago Bears money line 
minus one forty six to keep the Falcons out of the playoffs. I just I like Justin Fields a little bit better than I like um, Taylor Heineke in this matchup. And I'm going to stick to my playoff darling, the Los Angeles Rams, minus six and a half points. Um, I think they should be able to put a decent number on this Giants team who've been riding solely on DeVito memes and now (laughs) are running out of DeVito memes. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys joining us this uh, Christmas episode, if you will. I mean, we are after Christmas, but we're going to be heading into the new year here shortly. Uh, before we get into the new year, I believe the next time we record, Parker, it will be 2024. Do you have anything that you want to say as far as um, before we get into the new year? Any uh, thoughts on the year 2023 as a whole? Well, man, it's it's been a really good year. Um, 2Ps was established in 2023, so we are... Um, leaving leaving the start of something really good back behind in 2023 and it's just been a lot of fun uh it's been a good time being able to sit here and talk football and you know i I told you this theory earlier this year and i think it's because we're doing this podcast because we are devoting a little bit of extra time just strictly into talking about football and like really diving deep into a lot of players fantasy matchups and like spreads and bets is it not funny to you that we both make both championships? Like that our fantasy teams are just significantly better this yeah. year than normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine are pretty good <laughs> usually. I, well, well, <laughs> I was in nine leagues and I made. I'm in five championships. I, I I know what you mean as far as the the consistency throughout the year. I understand. Yeah, and I got I, left I out of this. I got left out of the six by like six points. So yeah, like, I, I don't disagree with that. You know, I think that there's some some kind of uh translatable property there. So but yeah, I mean great year for us. I mean, obviously we started the podcast this year, so you know, I, I think it's been a good year. And even before that, I mean, um I mean not a great year, not a great start to the year for you, uh, with that 49ers Cowboys game. But since then I think it's been on the way up. <laughs> yeah, it's it, no, it's been a good year, man. I I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it over a lot of other years. All right, man. Well, it was great talking to you this week. We will talk in 2024. I will catch you next week. All right, man. Peace.